retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in a way that they were meant to be used. And- Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and, and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. What do sophisticated direct-to-consumer brands like ColourPop, Hawkberry and Custom Inc. all have in common? Well, they rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform that powers over 25,000 online businesses. Klaviyo is supported by a dedicated team of experts and it is a platform that processes and consumes more data than any other in the market. Klaviyo helps you own customer experience and grow high value customer relationships. Right from shoppers' first impressions to each subsequent purchase, Clavio will understand every single customer interaction and empowers brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360 view on customers, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit clavio.com forward slash 2x to get Clavio's holiday planning guide. Remember, that is Clavio Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is a podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, traffic, and ultimately sales, you're tuning into the right show. We're all about selling direct to consumer. Um, so all you digital natives out there, you know, um, we're, we're in the same part. We're, we're, we're really, really here to smash it. On today's episode, I'm joined with GQ Fu, who is the co-founder of LTV Plus. Now, LTV Plus is a service-based system for managing customer experience in general. Um, so whether it's um, customer experience in um, pre-purchase or customer experience post-purchase, these guys provide a team that can potentially man your stores 24-7, right? And, um, you know, uh, and just help your customers essentially or help potential customers thereby you know making customers happy and you know ultimately improving your bottom line without further ado i'd like to welcome gq Fu to the show welcome gq thanks for having me here Kula. really really happy to be here brilliant stuff brilliant stuff where are you tuning in from i am tuning in from kiev in ukraine right now i've been based here for about four years uh, but originally from singapore amazing how's life in kiev 
Um, it's good. It's good so far. Um, you know, uh, with the ongoing um, virus thing that's going on right now, obviously in yeah. the world, uh, you know, things are things are pretty okay. Uh, we're not. I mean, there's not much panic or not much um, fear going around in the country just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had, I think, maybe one or two reported cases, but overall, it's good. Uh, and things are, you know, getting a lot warmer here right now. Spring, yeah. I guess spring is here, so really kind of like the life here in Key so far. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. It's it's super interesting. And in Russia, your neighbors, um, zero zero cases. I was reading it yesterday. As in, oh, really? Wow, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, in Russia, um, you know, everybody would like to know what they're doing. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The the previous episode I talked about COVID before I even got into the content, and now you know we're talking about COVID before we get into. Okay, the no, let's skip that. Let's skip that. Yeah. I don't want to make that the focus point at all. <laughs> But without, but could you? I haven't probably done you sufficient justice in introducing yourself in terms of like how I introduced you. Could you um, take a minute or less to introduce yourself to to um, to the audience and also talk a little bit about LTP Plus? Yeah, sure. So my name is GQ, and I'm one of the co-founders of, of LTV Plus. Uh, LTV Plus, our goal is to build outsourced customer experience teams for e-commerce brands and also sometimes SaaS brands. Uh, the goal is to provide 24/7 coverage and an affordable cost for uh, you know for brands all over the world and to help them with their internationalization efforts. Uh, one of our main driving points at LTV Plus is that we believe that contact centers are profit centers, and so our goal is. To to always move towards and uh, move towards that direction with any team that we build. Uh, myself, uh, I've been in the e-com scene, I guess, about two to three years in total. Uh, when we started LTV Plus, and we just our goal when we started was to do customer success in SaaS and both e-com. But we realized that over time, e-commerce was our main thing, and so that's where we are today. Incredible, incredible. Um, I picked up on two keywords in what you said. Um, one was um, international, so for international expansion, and the other was like, you know, time zone agnostic or, you know, the, the fact that it's 24 um, 7. What are your thoughts on, internal, on, on, on going international? Um, and I know that very much ties in with time zones and being, you know, available 24 7. Yeah, sure. So there are usually two elements that people, brands are very concerned with when they go international. The first one, like you mentioned, is time zone differences. Uh, the second one uh, is then languages. So when you work with, you know, if, you, if you're a U.S. company and you're expanding to France or French-speaking countries or cities, you know, do you hire a French speaker, you know, or, or how do you go about, you know, hiring staff that could cover that uh, that aspect. So in terms of 24-7 uh, to go international, um, you know, it's, it's relatively easy when you're able to plug in a team that's already ready to go. Um, and then, you know, just having 24-7 coverage, that's one part of it. But uh, one thing to always bear in mind is to also understand where a bulk of your customers are coming from when you talk about going international. If there are only a few geographical areas that you have to cover, perhaps 16-7 might actually just do the trick for, uh, you know, in the beginning to test that out and see how that works for you. Uh, the second part of it is language. And, you know, uh, we view it uh, in two ways. The first one is obviously getting uh, a speaker who is either a native speaker of the language, or you could get what we call a multilingual uh, multilingual speaker. So the person may not necessarily be a native speaker of, say, German or, or, or Chinese or whichever, but they are fluent enough at it to work with your customers. 
second second way that we talk about language and going international is something that's a bit more, uh, I guess, uh, cost effective. But at the same time, this depends on the volume that you're getting, and that is getting a team of say flu- uh, English fluent speakers or English fluent agents, and then using translation technology to scale at a reduced cost. So instead of having you know multilingual agents, you could work with technology to be able to cater to a larger uh, group of markets that you otherwise couldn't have done if you only had English speaking agents. What are your favorite translation apps or tools? Uh, so when we talk about live chat at a very basic level, uh, they have their own inbuilt translation tool, which you can do, which you can use inside the uh, browser when you're, you know, servicing your customers. Uh, the other one that we are very fond of is called Unbabble. Um, and they are, they're pretty much integrate, uh, integrating with uh, a lot of the big players uh, or, or rather all the big players in the uh, help desk uh, setup. So, so yeah, those are, I think, two of the top ones that we work with. Um, but then, of course, <laughs> the uh, third one, it, and this is a bit controversial, but it depends on the uh, languages that you're translating to from, from English, for example. Uh, Google Translate is getting a lot better. We have verified this with uh, customers like, you know, in real-time experience and also checking in with native speakers to see to what degree uh, is Google Translate useful? Like, <clears throat> is it really okay to, to use it in a, in a real-life setting? And so that's kind of like the fail-safe, if you will, but not for all languages, yeah. Super, super interesting. Okay, so um, online chat, massive, massive area, um, massive, massive area. A lot of, you know, if you're a serious brand, you, 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 you have to have, you know, a, a way to communicate with, both potential customers and, you know, um, existing customers where if you, you're starting out where, if you're starting out, right. Um, and we're going to go to, to various maturity levels, where would you invest resources in terms of manning desk? Would you, would it be email, um, or chat? Well, that is a great question. So typically when people start out or businesses that start out, uh, I think email is the best uh, channel to get started. Not because, well, I always personally think that if you're able to get back to your customers as quickly as possible, but with quality, of course, that's always the best. But if you're just starting out and you're not exactly sure of how many interactions or how many conversations you're going to be managing or, or handling in a day, Email gives you that buffer time because people do not have that expectation of, oh, you're going to reply to me in the next minute. It's probably like maybe in a few hours, two hours, three hours. And from there, you are then able to improve your processes and be able to uh, tackle these inquiries gradually and improving your response time over time. So my vote goes to email as the first uh, as the first channel to work with customers. Okay. So you talked about the fact that... Um in, in your words, exactly. That content centers can be a profit center. Okay. Yep. So my question is like, what sorts of data um, should e-commerce businesses, established e-commerce businesses, direct-to-consumer e-commerce businesses be extrapolating, extracting from their customer centers, from their customer interactions on the customer services basis to feed into improving the business to feed into business improvement or, you know, into marketing, into operations, general business improvement, regardless of the parts or sections in your business. 
Sure. So from so that, that's another great question. So I would break that down into different uh, channels. So when you collect information, what you get from chat will, may will most likely differ from what you would get out of email because of what kind of how people experience the communication uh, you know through that channel. Now, what type of information can you get, or what should you be looking for in terms of improving overall customer experience? Uh, you could be looking at things like, for example, uh, if you have chat on your site, um, right? Could you be look? You could be looking at the overall UX, where is the chat bubble, for example, blocking your, uh, you know, your 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 checkout sign, and, you know, depending on, on how your checkout page is like. So you could get information on things like uh, overall, you know, uh, overall UI UX, and can see, you can figure out, oh. Um, what are what difficulties are customers facing day to day, and you're you're able to kind of tag that together, or depending if you have an AI analytics tool to work with, you're able to pull these common trends or topics together into a word cloud, or you know depending on how you break this down, you're able to see what are the common friction points for you to improve it overall. Because you know working with customer service is not just about uh, handling the inquiries, but if you're able to fix that or improve something about your site or your store. Then people wouldn't have to ask your uh, your CS team about the same inquiries over and over. So, I would say you will get information on how you can improve overall user experience. Uh, it could also pertain to uh, you know it, it could also be about you know how well uh, how well your uh, overall CS team is working in terms of responding to you know key uh, you know key questions or key problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other things that you could also be thinking of when you're looking into data is to find out what are the certain products that you're not necessarily offering now that you could possibly be offering. So you could, you know, derive new product ideas. Uh, you know, it could be simple things in different colors, for example, if you're working with apparel or, or sneakers. Uh, it could also be, uh, you know, for example, uh, products that might not be working so well or certain key points that, um, you know, that people might be having difficulties with uh, when you're work- using a product. So you get a lot of product feedback as well. I think that's generally about it at, at a top level if you were to dive into yeah, information. So there's a, so a few years ago, I, I was running a, a fashion e-commerce business. Yeah. Um, we're growing really, really, really quickly, really fast. And we were having sizing issues. And um, obviously, where you know you're having sizing issues would be returns, right? Um, you'd be yeah. getting returns and stuff like that. But like, do you think, and this is just me thinking off the top of my head, I might be totally wrong, that there could be ways in which you could funnel in like product improvements, actual product improvements. Um, because one thing we missed was like effective communication, um, unless if like senior members of the team actually checked the the chat logs. Um, yeah. We get, you know, fully detailed insights into fundamental operational issues. And so yeah, yeah. Um, and we're not asking the customer services team the right questions, essentially. They'd only sort of come back to us when like a customer is really, really freaked out on a certain you know experience. Yeah, yeah. So my question is like what kind of infrastructure, like data exchanging infrastructure can you put in place to ensure that you're operating efficiently, you're marketing and communicating to customers efficiently, and um, your, you know, your your customer service team is essentially your eyes, um, your eyes and ears with with your existing customers and potentially even the market. 
you know, yep. um, what, what are you seeing um, your clients, you know, do to get in all of those insights to improving um, not just site experience. It's, it's important in regards to site experience, I have to say, but also operations. Sure. So one of the, uh, one of the things that we like to do uh, on a daily and weekly basis is to tabulate kind of like what are the top five, uh, top five recurring topics that come through, uh, you know, through interaction. So uh, like you, like you mentioned, like, like sizing could be, could be an issue. And that, that's kind of like product feedback that you get uh, that, that I could, that either could be coming through returns or, or whichever other way. So we usually get a, uh, a, a top, like the top five of the day, for example. And so this could, you know, through the, that, so the, the agents will have a, a standard tagging system that we create and update frequently to understand, okay, if such an uh, inquiry or such a topic does come up, uh, please attribute that accordingly. Uh, now, this is uh, obviously a little bit more painstaking, but like uh, a little bit more painful and more laborious. But for, for us to actually get proper information on what's going on, agents have to do that. So you get a top, and then at the end of it, you know, just getting kind of like a reflection, having the agent send in like a, a daily report. Okay, these are the top five concerns and so on and so forth. So you get a, an overall aggregation of kind of what's happened in that, on, on that day and kind of what's happened over that uh, course of the week, so on and so forth. Um, the other thing too, as well, is that uh, having a second person who just goes into the information daily that would also help a lot. No, well, not just daily. Well, depending on how you like to project it. But uh, we do have someone, for example, going into conversations to see, have these conversations been appropriately tagged? So you literally, that person could just be going in there to uh, categorize each conversation as well as you could. So that's kind of where uh, on the market right now, you do have different uh, analytics tools that actually do this for you automatically, but you would have to have a sizable amount of uh, uh, conversations in the month for this to make uh, financial sense. And also, uh, of course, um, it does come with a sizable investment. But I think that, you know, these tools are doing their best to make it as affordable as possible, depending on where you are uh, in your uh, in, in your business growth. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and BigCommerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's a deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, they'd extend your seven-day trial for a full month for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Let's talk about like um, your, so you guys are a service-based, um, you know, um, company. And so 
you will be not only you know dealing with a lot of verticals in, in e-commerce and in direct consumer commerce, but um, you'd also do you have like a list, a tech stack, like a preferred tech stack? So if I say, hey, you know, um, I want to use, you know, um, this software and you guys from experience um, know that this software is just okay, would you just say, no, we don't use it. Um, this is our tech stack because, you know, this would, you know, deliver the best um, results, you know, from our part and, you know, make you um, more profitable? Oh, great question. So for, first of all, we're pretty much... Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if tech agnostic is the right word, but we pretty much work with all kinds of technologies in the market because it really depends on where uh, the brand is and their, you know, and their growth or the revenue uh, at that point in time. Uh, but yes, we do provide recommendations depending on what the brand's goals are. So if you'd like to take on the approach of automating as much as possible and, you know, work, let's say if you're working with Shopify or Magento, then, you know, the kinds of help desks that you can use uh, will differ immediately. So it depends on the e-commerce platform. It depends on the marketing tools that you have attached to it. What are you using for fulfillment? Um, you know, how are you keeping track of your loyalty points and so on and so forth? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, let's talk about like metrics. You, 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 you know, yep. you mentioned metrics. Um, what success metrics um, should we? What are your top um, top five top top success metrics in um, in managing customer relation? Well, and with 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 customer experience, you know. Sure. Um, so the. This is, I guess, this kind of um, okay. Let's talk about the main ones that we see that you know cross, uh, that we can use across all communication channels. The first one is customer satisfaction because that will definitely entail you know how well the interaction was taken care of uh, at that point in time. How satisfied is the client or the customer with? Uh, how your agents are doing, but not even just that. It also kind of under, uh, helps you understand how they perceive that entire experience with your brand. The second one is the uh, what we call the customer effort score, and this is probably more uh, looking at you know how how much effort did the customer actually have to go through just to get their resolution. So that's that's I think a really good one to kind of measure uh, your CS team on. Uh, the third one is what we call the uh, sales conversion rate. So it really depends on on your pre-sales team, or you know, be it through chat, uh, email, or social media. How well are your agents converting, uh, you know, possible visitors uh, into new customers, or even maybe customers to come back into returning customers? Because how much can they actually influence in terms of sales? Because mm -hmm. that's that's going to fall in line with turning your contact center into profit center. Because they're not just there to provide support, but they're there to also help. Uh, you know, guide your, you know, potential customers into purchasing what's really needed. Exactly. And then, uh, then the fourth one we talk about is also the uh, response time. Uh, so the first response time, we, we don't talk about chat duration because uh, for some uh, possible uh, clients or outsourcing companies, um, duration, chat durations does get, uh, do get factored in as well, but we don't think that that's a good measure because if you're working with a highly complex product, it doesn't make sense for you to cut short a chat into one minute That's or two mm -hmm. minutes. It's just going to ruin the experience for the person involved. Uh, of course, you, we have to bear in mind the queue, but I think the in initial response time as to how soon you can address a customer, that is very important so that you're able to you know, take the necessary action of telling people, hey, uh, whether or not we're going to escalate this into a ticket or can we put you on hold for a while, right? So that's just kind of, uh, that's just kind of uh, one of the other ones that we look at. Uh, yeah, I think, let's see, Seth, and, uh, 
let me think conversion rates um yeah i think those are the four if i had to pick a fifth one let me think that's uh that's a good one um I would say NPS, but that that should not occur af- immediately after a conversation because that's going to be heavily biased. So we would probably run an NPS, but this is maybe more for the uh, marketing team or the uh, overall business uh, uh, to kind of get feedback. At some on, but- point in you know in in, in the in the in, in the interaction with you, you will you know just drop an NPS. Which that's correct. How often that is would correct. you run an NPS? Um. Uh, so. We would do this, uh, I would say, let me think, um, because you would ideally want to do this at a state where the customer is still, uh, you know, like the, 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 the impression of your brand is still there, but like where it's not one where it's heavily biased about what happens. So we typically wait somewhere between 48 hours to 72 hours to send out a, a survey and then to after, get that. After yeah. product delivery or um, after purchase. Oh, that's a that's a great one. So, um, when we talk about uh, that, that would be I, I would say the uh, the uh, um, that's a good one. I was actually thinking of it from a from a uh, different perspective. But um, if we had to pick between delivery or purchase, I would say uh, probably after the uh, delivery because that kind of gives you the whole overall experience from the ship from the shipping from from purchasing, yeah. like li- literally from the start till the finish. I'd say, yeah. Yeah, but it, yeah, because if that happens along the way that shipping is delayed, then you know that kind of affects everything else as well. Do you guys also cover um, phone support? Phone support too, definitely. Yes. Interesting. Um, so how how does it work um, with your phone support, um, and is it twenty four seven? Um, it's definitely twenty four seven. It works uh, for, so with LTV Plus, we provide uh, agents on a dedicated model for the most part. So what would happen is uh, we would operate either out of a, uh, a customer's phone system, or we would you know just kind of uh, pick the software and integrate with their current setup. So uh, we would recruit phone agents or select phone agents, uh, voice agents, based on their requirements. So we take into consideration the uh, uh, what type of products they're selling, you know, uh, kind of like what their uh, culture is like because ideally we want to have agents that are that fit into the uh, overall uh, company's culture. We don't want to have we we like the approach of ha- having the teams embedded in the company versus okay here we are a third party uh, partner and that you know that everything is kind of segregated as a result. Yeah, interesting. If there was one platform on social media that you will allocate um, customer support resources, what platform would it be? Uh, well, <laughs> okay, this, this will differ, but I think for a start, I would pick Instagram. Uh, that, wow. that would definitely be a, be a really good I, one. I didn't see that one coming. Instagram. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah, because uh, well, a majority of our of our uh, what's that? A majority of our clients, uh, majority of our clients when they when they work with social media, um, they they have a lot of their sales coming through Instagram right now. At least that's what we've noticed. But this may differ. I may be wrong. Well, organic <laughs> so, sales or um, or paid paid sales? Uh, I, I think it's probably well. Um, I think it's a mixture of both, but uh, really the ones that we're seeing a lot is usually through influencer marketing that they're doing and just like pulling all these different ads and we see that spike in volumes as a result. Um, the only thing that that might be a little bit tricky uh, is just how you're able to control, uh, well, respond to people, especially when you're getting DMs, for example, where when you're getting comments and stuff, it's easy to integrate into your help desk, but when you're getting DMs, that's kind of where 
uh, it might be a little bit more tricky in how you want to allocate your manpower and how you want to uh, gain access to your Instagram account and still collecting, uh, what do you call that, the transcripts that you're getting. Because with Facebook, it's easier because you can integrate pretty much your Facebook page and your messenger into a single help desk, which eases the overall uh, team usage of your platform, of your help desk platform. But with IG, it just... I think it's just built the way. Um, I, maybe I'm wrong. I haven't seen a, a platform that is able to take on uh, uh, DMs and in Instagram to uh, into our help desk. But yeah, super interesting that um, you know um, IG DMs are not um, are not ready yet. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure exactly why, but um, but yeah. I think one of the interesting things that we're looking out for as well is the Instagram checkout. Uh, we're not sure yeah. when that's going to be fully rolled out. So we believe that once that, when that, once that comes out, it's really going to change a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg announced just last week that, um, that uh, Messenger is like an eighth lighter, as in it's ridiculous, an eighth one out of eight lighter than what it was in terms of like source code. So I think there's a major infrastructure um, you know, change Facebook is making on Messenger, which you've done already, um, IG, DM, and, you know, WhatsApp. Yeah, uh, for sure. Whether or not they're going to bring them all together is another question. But I think they, they'll open up the APIs for um, for IG, um, IG, DMs for sure at some point, um, I think. Yeah. I think, I think, I think like from, from what I read, I, I thought the original goal was for, for, uh, for them to kind of make Messenger the centralized platform for all these messages to come through. That's kind of like the goal, right? If I, if yeah, I remember there, correctly. There's, there's been a lot of pushback from users. I can't imagine my mom um, moving to Messenger <laughs> from WhatsApp. She's on like WhatsApp all the time. But who, ah, yeah, who knows? Facebook might be able to roll that out, you know, quite, quite um, swiftly. And then there's the other issue of um, merging accounts, you know, many um, younger ones have WhatsApp, um, IG, and they'll figure something out. But however it is, um, we'll see how it goes. Have you heard of a platform called Converse Social? Uh, No, I don't think I've come across that just yet. So the the founder came on to the show, when did he come? Joshua March came on the show in September 2018. Nice. So it's 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 pretty much a platform. Um, it's a customer relationship platform for you know man- managing customer support, but primarily on social. Okay. Oh, um, that's cool. I should definitely check that out. Yeah. So so it it's a and I was quite excited when he came because it circles back to my experience in fashion e-commerce, um, where like um, at one point eighty percent of all sort of questions were coming from Facebook Messenger because we're heavily advertising on Facebook and IG. Yeah. Um, and then that sort of leveled down to like 65, 65%, whereas like email, because a lot of people post-purchase were now um, coming by email and also Messenger. They're checking in on Messenger and sometimes they'll say, please, you know, leave us a Messenger, um, get us on, um, on, on Facebook. Well, it was, it was, very, very interesting um, to to have Messenger um, be almost your your customer support center, and then these guys have created this platform, Converse Social, that um, sort of manages it from a from a really the graphics are amazing um, in terms of what they they do. I'm not sure if they have in, they they do have Instagram, but they didn't they they, they don't mention if they have Instagram DM. I think it's yeah. just as alluded to it be Instagram comments, um, which is yeah, 
Probably, probably. But I think like the moment that someone's able to do that, I think all the platforms will definitely have that as a part of it. But I will definitely want to check that out for sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yes. What's your favorite? What What are your favorite? Um. What, what? So um. Let's say um. I we wanted to work with you and um. We're a clean slate in the sense that we did, we we're happy to let go of any platform we're currently running. What What would be your ideal um, customer support platform? Uh, well, <laughs> that that is a bit controversial <laughs> for me to answer on this <laughs> on this uh, show. Um, well, it really depends. Like, you know, what kind of e-com platform are you running? Like, is it your own custom build, like e-commerce platform, um, or are you using something a, out there? No, no, not not e-commerce. I'm talking. I'm saying um, customer support. Like okay, just in so general, across. Shopify, Magento, big commerce, um, even Salesforce Cloud. Say say we're running any of those platforms, um, and we we want to sort of up our game with customer support. What tech stack, essentially customer support tech stack, would you recommend? Oh, well, maybe, maybe I won't name specific brands if that's okay. But like, uh, what I can do is I can talk about specific features. Does, does okay. that work? Okay. Yeah. Like, so, so for the kinds of features that you probably want to look for in your tech stack would be number one, uh, first, uh, you know, you want to be, so like, like, you know, obviously being able to integrate all your social media channels. So social media integrations, because the one goal that you want to achieve from your customer support platform is omni-channel engagement. And you, and you don't want to have to jump between air call or something else out there just to, you know, just to, uh, get on a phone call, you kind of see. So you need to be able to check kind of what's the customer history like with you immediately in that across social media, across phone, across anything. Uh, the second thing you want to probably take note of is that it should be able to automate as much as you can as well. So it's kind of like having a good blend between, uh, well, I would say maybe chatbots or kind of like basic uh, automated functions. Like, you know, if someone were to ask, hey, where's my order? Does it necessarily have to go to your customer agent, uh, support agent, or uh, can can that actually... Uh, you know, can that information be pulled from your other integrations to just give that back to the customer, be it through chat, be it through email. Um, then the third one as well would be obviously the analytics and uh, being able to track not just, you know, basic stuff like CSAT response times, et cetera, et cetera, but also being able to track them, uh, the revenue that you're getting out of your customer support channel. So some help desks do provide that. Um, it, it, then you have all the basic stuff like can responses, et cetera, et cetera. But I think one thing that's interesting to take note as well is whether or not uh, your customers are able to kind of do a self-serve. Well, typically I think in e-commerce, maybe people don't really want that as much, but I think that, that that's kind of helpful where, you know, uh, in two ways. So you have either a self-serve kind of knowledge base set up or uh, when you're having a conversation before even getting to your agents, they could already through, you know, through chat, uh, for example, kind of search for their own uh, answers, you, like, you know, kind of linking up your FAQs there. And so like you have a bot in place that actually responses, uh, responses to these, uh, responds uh, to these uh, customers with uh, appropriate articles to just kind of address the questions that they might have. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, um, what else is there? I, I think those are the main ones. And then of course, like, you know, whether or not they fit in your, uh, whether or not they fit, fit in your current setup of your e-com platform and other tools that you're going to be running. I, th I think the SaaS, um, the SaaS industry um, do the FAQ and bots um, integration really well. Really yes. Well. I'm a customer of um, Cloudways. Okay. Uh, so one of my sites lost its um, SSL um, certificates. It kind of like expired and I was trying to, figure out so I reinstalled it. I, I re refreshed the the um the certificate and it was still yeah. giving me an error. 
I went into it, typed out um, the issue. Annoyingly, there was a bot. But down there in the bot, it picked up my question and it was able to, to send me to, to an FAQ. And that FAQ had um, uh, a, the, the app to install on my site to, to, to fix the problem. So I didn't have to speak to a, you know, um, a customer rep. And, yep. and it, fixed, it did fix it. But in e-commerce, I see a massive gap in, in terms of like the integration of live chat and FAQs, because first of all, the, the FAQ databases in most e-commerce sites are sparse to, to <laughs> yes. you know, so, so are you seeing any brands actually developing their FAQs in a substantial way that's actually helpful to customers in e-commerce? Uh, let me think. Um, One pager, uh, most of the time. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's typically like just go to FAQs, like what are the typical stuff? Like, hey, do you ship to these countries and so on exactly. and so forth? Exactly. And it's well, do we even need um, anything that details? That that's a question. Or or can we get data from customer service and you know start to build a library of you know? I think that's how these things are built anyway. Um, you know, typical questions, and and then they just keep them building, building, building it. That 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 is that is very true. Um, I I, I can't recall of a particular brand that, that 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 this comes to mind. I mean, some of them do have an extensive FAQ that you can search for more information. I think Zara was one of them, but I, I don't okay. remember. Uh, but I think what is really interesting here is uh, you're right. Uh, I think you know, e-com stores will have to consider building these out and you can easily get this information from your customer service transcripts. It's, it's pretty straightforward. So a lot of the times when we work with, uh, with, with, with clients, you know, like that's kind of like, it's always like, you know, at the, at the back of uh, like the minds of like, you know, the, the owners of the business or like, you know, people that you are from, from, from customer support, they're like, yeah, we should do this, but they don't necessarily get down to it. But I think that, you know, um, like what you brought up, just uh, what you brought up earlier, uh, you know, when you have that conversation with the bot or where you're clicking through things, it might feel like there's a bit of fr- friction going on because you kind of want the answer now and now. And that's, I think in e-commerce is a lot, even a lot more snappy because, you know, it's just like a different kind of uh, setup, yeah. but yeah, I think that if more brands tried this out, they would be probably pretty surprised by the kind of, uh, kind of, um, I guess, that kind of experience that they can create. Yeah, super, super interesting, super interesting. Um, so, um, do you have any favorite books um, around this part of you know for e-commerce businesses trying to be better um, to, to be to, who want to treat their customers better? Um, are there any resources or books um, you will recommend um, listeners to to tap into? I think one of the books that I would recommend, um, this one, I think it's called The Best Service is No Service by Bill Price. And Okay, okay so The Best Service is No Service. Uh, the I'll Best link, Service is No Service, yeah. I'll, I'll link to it from, from the show notes um, for sure. Cool. I'll link to it from the show notes. Um, awesome. Any other... Points you you any any final words, um, JQ? Um, yeah, sure. Of, I think final piece of advice um, to treating your customers better um, to listeners, please. Yeah, definitely. I think the major thing that 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 and you've mentioned this with SaaS as well by having you know the F, like like proper uh, self service and so on and so forth. Uh, it's taking a more proactive approach to customer experience versus being reactive. So like as much as, you know, customers will come to you to inquire stuff and so on and so forth. And <clears throat> I guess the ideal situation is to have a customer be able to go through your entire site without uh, necessarily hitting up customer support. 
if you know that there are certain friction points right now in your business where uh, customers are typically asking more questions or they might not necessarily be getting the answers that they need and kind of like dropping off the page or dropping out of their purchase, uh, be proactive in the sense that, you know, you could possibly be hitting them up before they leave a page. For example, if you're talking about checkouts, right? If someone is about to, redu- uh, you know, drop uh, abandon their checkout and you typically see that happening on the th- uh, two minutes into the page, could you be, you know, saying hi and just kind of asking them, you know, if they need help at what at the, you know, at thirty seconds before they, they drop. So can off. can you interrupt a, a session? Uh, sorry, what, what do you mean? So let's say I'm in checkout. Yeah, I'm a customer in checkout, um, and I'm about to leave. Can a customer rep sort of pull out um, the chat, online chats, and say, "Hey, don't leave." Um, hello, it feels it will seem a bit freaky to me. Uh, so like if, if the customer you, person wanted to just say, who, yeah. who initiates a, a chat session? Um, I thought it was only customers that initiated a chat session. Can a rep initiate a chat session? Oh, well, they, well, not necessarily initiate, but they could pop a question out and just to let people know, like not necessarily start the, you know, the whole chat window up front. It could just be like a little chat bubble that pops up and says, hey, uh, if you have any questions about, uh, about, you know, our shipping or if you have any questions about, so this of course depends on the kind of data that you draw, but like, right. you know, if you have any more questions about your purchases, I'm here if you need any help. So the goal yeah. is to not just jump in front of their faces and interrupt their, uh, the experience for sure. But right. it's probably more like letting people know that you're there to, to assist and that does change things because we, we have seen that uh, work for some of our clients where you know just being able to, to be there at the checkout does like you know help help us turn things around uh, where, where others might uh, and it could sometimes be a simple thing as like hey what's your what's your uh, what's your money back guarantee like what's your refund policy like which people you know although you put it in like you know in the, in the usual locations people will look for customers may not necessarily have had the time to find it or they might not be sure of kind of where to look at and by you being able to address that during the uh, you know during the, the, the short chat conversation at checkout you could have easily you could easily save a lot of sales from that yeah got it got it got it okie dokie GQ thank you so much for um, sharing you know um, just data around um, and information around um, you know um, customer support customer service customer experience and last time I had someone in was in 2018 Um, yeah there's a ton I learned Um, if people wanted to find out you know more about LTV plus and also follow you, what are the best channels? Uh, you can easily find me on LinkedIn. Just look for GQLTV Plus and I'll be there and happy to answer any other questions that, 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 uh, you, know, that you might have. Yeah, Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on the 2X e-commerce podcast show. Thanks a lot, Kunla. Very happy to be here. All right, cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.